Postal Publishing, The Going Postal Cast, and Christopher Chapman present Incarceration, the serialized weekly podcast performed by the author, Christopher Chapman. For more information, visit www.goingpostalpublishing.com or email him at goingpostalpublishing at gmail.com. This podcast is not suitable for children. It has violence, gore, and lots and lots of naughty words. If you can't handle that, go somewhere else. And now, on with the story, or whatever other crap I decide to come up with. Hello, everybody. This is Christopher Chapman for the Going Postal Cast. This is Incarceration Episode 26, the final incarceration episode, well, as far as the story goes, we are going to listen to chapters 47 and 48 today, which will bring us to the end of Death Has Come Book 1, Incarceration. I have to say that it's been very fun doing these 26 episodes, as well as a few of the bonus episodes and the stuff that came beforehand. I am just delighted that we've been able to get this far. Definitely had some ups and downs, uh, audio issues at the beginning, volume problems, to now Apple changing how they do the podcasts uh, with the the icons. So I have to go and change the, the icon for this so that way it'll show up again because they made it bigger. So now mine... Mine just doesn't show up anymore. Yippee, I love it when they change things. So more on this being the episode 26, this being the actual last story portion of Incarceration's episodes. I'm going to be back next week. There is going to be another, at least one more episode about this book. And then I'm going to be back the following week with another with a bonus for you. And that's going to be kind of uh, a little bit of a surprise. Going to be kind of a little bit of a teaser. So I'm just going to leave it at that, and you'll find out what that is in two weeks. But next week I will be back, and I'm going to be talking about this book specifically. I'm going to kind of go through a few of the things that you know, about the book, how it came to be, stuff like that. So if you have any questions about incarceration, whether it be the book in general, or maybe it's just a question for me, shoot that to me at goingpostalpublishing at gmail.com. If you want to hear your own voice on the show, you can actually record something and send it in an attachment. MP3s will work great. And if I like your question, I will put it on the show for next week. But that's next week. Let's talk about this week. few updates. Nothing too major. I have made it to 75,000 words in the Death Has Come 3 first draft, so that's coming coming along really nicely. In fact, I got to write a very interesting chapter today where I got to go inside the head of one of the characters, and I hadn't really gotten very deep with this character before. took three books to really get into it, and and now that I've done it, I kind of... I feel kind of good about it, and I thought it came across really good, even for a first draft, so I'm going to have to read back through it in a couple of days or a few weeks and just make sure it turned out how I thought it did. As far as Daddy's Little Girl goes, that's coming along very nicely. We are still well on pace for the August release. 
I'm hoping to have a more concrete date before these uh, next two episodes are done, so that way I have something for you. I'm really shooting for the first week of August, but I'd like to even get it out earlier than that if I can manage to get everything together and get all the the prints and the printed books in place and all the ebooks in place. We'll have to see how that goes. So if you've been following me on Twitter, you saw that I posted something about me having an announcement. While nothing is super concrete yet, I thought that this was something that I could at least mention on the show. I mention it because I might need your help down the road. I've been hired to write a script for a video game. This video game is likely to be part of a Kickstarter, and if everything goes according to plan, and the script is good, and the initial development looks really good, it'll go to Kickstarter, and we will be looking for some help, basically, to get it off the ground, and that's where all of you will come in. I was just contacted about this within the last week or two. I've already kind of got a rough draft going for it, and I think it's going to turn out really good. This is likely going to be a uh, iOS or Android-type game that you'll be able to get on your iOS or Android devices. And that's about all the information I can give you about it at this time. I will definitely be posting something in the feed as more details become available. We are still really early in the development stages, but he assures me he's got some great stuff coming, and um, it's looking like my script's going to be at least decent, by all accounts. I'm one of my harshest critics, so that's about the best I can say about it. Alright, so I've been talking for over six minutes, so let's just get right into the episode. It's the final episode for the story, and I'm just procrastinating, trying to make it go on forever. But here it is, episode 26 of Incarceration. Chapter 47 Jason stared at his mother, noticing how she looked almost exactly as she had the day she died, yet so very different. To start with, there was a small dent in her forehead where the butt of the stake had struck. Also, as with all of the vampires he'd seen, she had certain inhuman features that stood out. Her hair was dirty and greasy as if it hadn't been washed in a very long time. Her teeth were much longer than he remembered, sticking far out of her mouth and coming to razor-sharp points that could slice through a steel pipe. Her eyes were closed, but he assumed that if they were open, he would see the same glassy eye that he'd seen on so many other vampires in the last 24 hours, as well as those that he'd seen and never known to be vampires all those years ago. Matt stood next to him, looking down. He dropped to his knees and prepared to drive the stake through her chest. Anger seeped through Jason, controlling his movement. He grabbed hold of Matt's arm, preventing him from pushing the stake through her. What the fuck are you doing? Matt asked angrily. It's my mother, Jason said, as if it mattered. Matt looked at him as if he'd committed a horrible sin. Maybe he had. She was a vampire, after all. He was supposed to let Matt kill her. Hell. He was supposed to put a stake through her heart. Wasn't that supposed to be what Matt was going to do with his very own daughter? When the time came, would he hesitate the way he was now? He tried to allow Matt to do what he knew needed to be done. He couldn't do it, though, at least not yet. 
He had to see her for a few seconds. He had to know if everything that had happened over the last 16 years was real and not something that his mind had created for him as a means of escaping reality. She was real. He was looking right at her. He could touch her if he so chose. He couldn't do that, though. She was a vampire. If she woke up, she would surely try to kill him. He knew he had Matt as a protector, but that just wasn't enough. A loud growl erupted from within the forest, less than 15 feet away. Jason turned his head, knowing what he would find. The fear within him reached a fever pitch as a shadowy figure stepped out of the forest and into the clearing. Gary Rangel, Jason's father, raced towards them, his teeth open and bared. Matt cut Jason's father off, getting in front of him with both stakes in the ready position. Jason stood and backed away, knowing just how important the next minute would be. Whoever won this fight would change things considerably. Jason only wished that he were rooting for Matt to succeed. The sad part was that he didn't know whom he wanted to win more. He wanted Matt to win, yet he couldn't handle seeing his father slain. He considered running right then and there, getting as far away as he could before something happened. For some reason, he found his feet glued where he stood. He couldn't leave and wasn't sure he wanted to. He was going to see this thing out to the end and take whatever consequences came with it. It was Matt that attacked first, striking at Jason's father before he was able to adjust. Gary was far too fast for Matt, easily blocking his shot. Without much effort, Gary swung a hand towards Matt, knocking him through the air without ever laying a finger on him. Matt slammed hard to the ground 15 feet from where he'd been hit, coming to a stop less than 2 feet from a tree. Jason's father looked at Matt briefly, then slowly turned until he was looking directly at his son. Jason cowered, seeing that there was no sign of recognition in his father's face. It was his father, just as he had known him, and that was the hardest part. It was the man he'd idolized from the day he was born, the man that he had wanted to grow up to be like, the man that he had told that he hated him just hours before he died. Jason felt his eyes sting as fresh tears formed. He was crying, not for the fact that he was soon going to be killed by his own father, but for the reason that his father would forever remember him for those final words he spoke that day. He hated himself for that and wished that there was something he could do to take it all back. There was. I am so sorry, Dad, Jason said to his father as he continued to approach. There was no slowing or the smallest sign of recognition, but Jason continued anyway. I didn't hate you. I never did. I'm sorry I told you that. You were right about me. You were always right about me. I let my anger get out of control. His father was extremely close now. In fact, he was getting too close. Jason could see those teeth, and the way that his mouth seemed to be able to expand beyond anything any normal man could do. The smell of his breath was putrid, the scent of an animal that had been dead for several days, maybe weeks. He took a step back, then another. He felt his heels press against something on the ground. He lost his balance, falling backwards. He immediately tucked his chin to his chest, worrying about his head. His back slammed hard against the forest floor. His head was okay. He looked at his feet and saw that there was a small root that he had tripped over. Of all the luck, he thought, then looked back to his dad, who was now standing over him. Jason crawled backwards, using his hands and feet to move away from his father. He kept moving until he came to a tree. He rested his head against the tree, trying to think of a way out of the situation. 
He couldn't come up with anything. His dad bent down and put his face close to Jason's, opening his mouth wide. Jason saw that his mouth was wide enough where it could rip his entire head off his shoulders. I love you, Jason said, then closed his eyes. He expected it all to be over quickly. He waited, thinking with every passing second that it would be his last, but nothing happened. He opened his eyes and saw his father looking back at him. He was still close enough to kill him easily, but his mouth was no longer open. He looked at Jason like a man that meant no harm. He saw humanity in his father's face, a sign of hope that his father's soul was still intact and that he could fight the urge to kill. His father's eyes opened wide, much more than they should have. He roared, covering Jason's face with stinky saliva, blood, and flesh. His father straightened and turned around. Jason saw what had caused his father to react that way, breaking the moment they shared. A stake stuck out of his father's back. No! Jason shouted, hoping that Matt could hear him. This couldn't be happening. Matt was about to kill his father. Matt moved to put the final stake through his father's chest, but never got the chance. His father extended his arm, shoving Matt to the ground. Matt was down and looked as if he wasn't going to be able to get up. His father stood over Matt, slowly dropping like he was going in for the kill. Jason became aware of the trees becoming easier to see around them. First, he was able to see their contours. Then he was able to see some of the branches. Then he was able to see every detail as the sun came over the horizon and blanketed the area in sunshine. Jason's father looked to the sky and saw the sun. He abandoned his attack on Matt, instead heading for his wife. He grabbed Jason's mother from the ground, holding her in his arms as if she were a rag doll, and headed into the forest at a superhuman speed. Jason was alone with Matt. It was at that moment that an old friend decided to pay Jason a visit. It was a friend he had known very well. He welcomed this friend with open arms, setting his sight on Matt. Jason and his old friend Rage raced towards Matt, tackling him back to the ground as he attempted to stand. He had surprised Matt, who wasn't even able to defend himself as Jason pounded him with fist after fist. His stake had been long forgotten, but he briefly wished that he still were holding it. He would have liked to show Matt how it felt to be stabbed with it. As Matt's face became a bloody mess, he felt two legs swing up and wrap themselves around his shoulders. He was suddenly falling backwards, with Matt's legs driving him down. He landed on his back and was unable to get up. Matt relinquished his hold and moved over Jason, holding down Jason's shoulders with his knees. Jason tried to get up, but found that he couldn't move his arms. You listen here, you little shit, Matt scowled. You're damn lucky that I didn't let him rip your goddamn throat right out. You show me a little fucking gratitude. He recognized me, Jason said. Matt released the hold almost immediately. He stood and extended his hand to Jason. Jason reluctantly took his hand and allowed himself to be helped to his feet. My daughter recognized me, Matt said. I'm sorry. I thought, don't worry about it, Jason said, but still felt himself gripped by rage. He wanted to hurt Matt, but realized just how much more athletic Matt was than him. Matt turned the tables on him even after he had beaten him good with his fists. He found it hard to imagine what he could have done with an even playing field. What's done is done. What's done is done, Matt repeated, but didn't sound as if he were sincere. 
there would be tension for a while. How about we get the hell out of here, Matt said, looking to the sky. The sun was up. Jason looked back to the prison and saw a small section of it through the trees. He saw vampires running through the yard, a yard he had been in hundreds of times over the years, on their way back into the prison. It was over. For now. Chapter 48 Jason Rangel and Matt Zern walked away from the prison known as Lipsky Swamp. They walked side by side, although no words were exchanged between the duo. An eerie silence stood between them as they focused on their journey, rather than each other. Jason was happy to be free. He breathed in the fresh air, something he had taken for granted while being held captive behind bars. Nothing tasted quite as sweet as the air on the outside. He had survived a night in which he thought he was going to die on several occasions. He believed that it was all for a reason. He looked to his left and saw Matt walking next to him. He wondered what would happen to the old man now. It was Matt who had told him a little over 24 hours ago about the existence of vampires and that he wanted to get out of hunting them. He wondered just how serious Matt was, especially now that he had been so close to rescuing his daughter to no avail. As for Jason, he wasn't done. Not by a long shot. He intended to see how this thing played out. He was free, and nobody would know it. He belonged to a prison that nobody knew existed. He was sure that the state of Wisconsin would remain silent about his escape. He suspected that anybody that investigated what happened at the prison would soon be reported missing. When enough people went missing, they'd avoid the prison altogether. It wasn't a very good situation for anybody. Jason didn't intend on staying away from Lipsky Swamp for very long, unless his parents decided to leave. He still had two things he needed to do, and one of them involved killing the man that murdered his parents and turned them into those beasts. He knew that he was in there somewhere. He would kill that bastard, even if it meant going through the vampire known to Matt as the Vampire Lord to do so. He wouldn't rest until that bastard was dead and his parents were given the chance to decide for themselves how they wanted to live their lives, if that was at all possible. He was fully aware that he might still have to kill his parents. It weighed heavily on his thoughts, but he would cross that bridge when he came to it. Where are we going? Jason asked Matt, the first word spoken in 20 minutes. Not sure, Matt said. We'll have to go back to my hometown. I have some money and weapons there that I'm sure that the police haven't found yet. After that, who knows? They walked on, undecided on their futures. Would they stay together or go their separate ways? He had choices now. For the first time in 16 years, Jason had the choice to decide his future. It was a good feeling. What about Niagara? Was that a possible destination for them? He didn't have a clue as to what the answer could be. What if they went back to Niagara? Was Allison still there? What about Dave Grimes? The thought circled through his mind like a tornado, each grasping for supremacy. He wanted to see Allison again, but didn't want to see Dave. Why should he? After what Dave said to him, then said against him in court, he should be looking to put a stake in him right after getting the bastard that killed his parents. That thought put a smile on his face. He hated Dave. Sixteen years of reflection gave him a nasty opinion of the man that had once been his best friend. 
He supposed that he partially owed Dave for the last 16 years in prison. It was Dave, after all, who had given that testimony that was so damning to his case. As for Allison, he wondered what happened to her. Had she been married? Was she now a mother? Was she still living in Niagara? The questions battered at his strained mind, all wanting to be answered at the same time. He would answer each and every one of his questions in time. He was free from prison. He now had all the time in the world. He stopped and turned, looking back down the road towards the prison that had been his home for the last 16 years. I'll be back soon, he said in his mind, a message he hoped his mother and father would receive. He rushed to catch up to Matt as they put distance between them and the prison. Inside the prison, surrounded by darkness, a beast that had once been a man stared out a broken window. Even at this distance, he could see two men walking down a path. They were the only two that had gotten away. They would soon pay for the resistance. Jason Rangel, the first of his victims that had gotten away, was among them. He owed that little bastard for what he had done to him all those years ago. He hadn't forgotten about the scissors and the broken spine. That had taken much energy to overcome. He was much stronger now and vowed to never allow anything like that to happen again. He didn't know the other one, but had heard of him by reputation. He was a vampire slayer, the last of his kind. He would take great pride in killing them both. It was only a matter of time before death would come for them. There you have it. All 48 chapters of incarceration. I'm actually kind of sad to have gotten them all out. So there was the story. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed giving it to you. That book was the product of many years of frustration and procrastination. As I mentioned, I believe in the first episode, I started on that story back in 97 or 98, so it's been a long time coming, and I'm glad that it's finally been out, and I've been very pleased that, that many of you have taken it into your homes, listening to it, or reading it, actually buying the book. I am thrilled that so many of you have done that. I basically couldn't be any happier. That being said, it's time to get out of here, so I'm just going to get the promotion out of the way really quick. The website is goingpostalpublishing at gmail.com. While you are there, click on the Amazon banner, go to Amazon, buy whatever you are going to buy anyway. Amazon is the largest internet marketplace, maybe besides uh, eBay. I'm not sure about that. But go to Amazon. Buy whatever you're going to buy after clicking through. A few pennies for every dollar you spend is uh, going to come back to me, and I'm going to use it to get better equipment and work on those dang sound quality issues that I've had in the past. My next purchase is I'm hoping to upgrade the microphone. Twitter.com slash GoingPostalPub Facebook.com slash GoingPostalPublishing We have a YouTube page. I just released a video on there last week. few people have checked it out. And Incarceration is also on Goodreads. You can search for it on Goodreads and give it a review. Tell the world what you think of Incarceration. And with that, that's going to do it for this episode. 
I am going to be back. There is going to be two more episodes at least, but there is not going to be any new story, at least not next week's episode. Next week is going to be kind of a shorter episode. I'm going to be doing some talking about incarceration, how it came to be, some of the things I was thinking about. Basically, an extended author's note. I'm going to be reading the author's note that comes exclusively in the ebook version, and then I'm going to kind of expand upon that. That is why if you do have any questions, be sure to get it to me, goingpostalpublishing at gmail.com, and I will read them on the air. So that being said, it is time to go. Until next week, take care. You've been listening to the Going Postal Cast. For updates about Christopher Chapman, his stories, and future podcast happenings, be sure to go to goingpostalpublishing.com. If you want to follow along on Twitter, twitter.com slash goingpostalpub, or like him at facebook.com slash goingpostalpublishing. This podcast is copyright 2012, Going Postal Publishing. 